Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Art History Bay Briefs. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie, and we are the Art History Babes. And we have a quick little baby episode for you today on a particularly cute example of <laughs> ancient Egyptian art history. I was really hoping you were going to say I have a really cute little poem. <laughs> if you want, I can open with the poem. <laughs> I was kind of hoping. All right. All right. I'll share my accidental poetry that kind of <laughs> happened <laughs> when we started the best kind writing. Of poetry. I know when we started writing our research for this. He's a scribe, a writer of words, and he's sitting down. He's a seated scribe. Snaps, snaps. <laughs> My hands are a little sweaty, but snaps all the same. <laughs> yep. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. So That's the we're kind talking of about beautiful poetry that comes from good visual analysis people. <laughs> Should our listeners be expecting like a future like art history babes poem collection? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all all little poems just inspired by various artworks. That'd be really that, fun, actually. That really would. That could be like a subset of our other idea that we came up with in the garden. I'm being very cryptic right now. Yeah, I don't know what idea you're talking about. <laughs> it was it was also a literary idea. Oh, oh, I got you. Our our future yeah. children's book. Yeah. I'll bleep that out. No one <laughs> I don't know why they can't even know that we're thinking about a children's book. I think okay. they can know. I think, I think they, they can, can they too. Can. I think I'm being yeah. overly paranoid. <laughs> we're going to write a children's book someday. So watch out, you guys. That's enough about our uh, literary aspirations. <laughs> Let's get into The Seated Scribe. All right. We're talking ancient Egypt here. The Seated Scribe, also known as the Squatting Scribe, which is interesting to me because I would not consider this position to be a squat, but mm -mm. that's neither here nor there, is a smaller sculpture dated around 2620 to 2500 BCE. That's almost 5,000 years, y'all. 
It is made from a variety of materials, painted limestone with rock crystal, magnesite, and copper inlay for the eyes, and little bits of wood for the nips. <laughs> the sculpture depicts a seated man wearing a white kilt. His left hand is holding rolled papyrus, while his right hand is in the writing position. He was found in 1850 in Saqqara, north of the Alley of Sphinxes. This area was a necropolis of the Old Kingdom of Egypt. Necropolis is just a cool, spooky word for cemetery. The Exact spot of the statue's discovery is unknown, much like the details of the scribe's identity. It is thought that the sculpture may have sat on a base with the scribe's name and title. However, that is merely speculation. The identity and purpose of this work are one of the many mysteries of art history. The sculpture is currently housed at the Louvre in Paris, France. This artifact is considered special for a number of reasons. For one, it is in extraordinarily good shape. Due to the dry weather in Egypt, the sculpture is almost entirely intact. The sculpture is painted, and a great deal of the original pigment has survived until today, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. Another reason this artifact tends to stand out is that it is incredibly lifelike, particularly for the art of this time, which I like to talk about because a lot of times I think people assume that if a culture is painting in a stylized style, that that means they can't do naturalism. And that's mm -hmm. just not true. <laughs> a lot of times yeah. it's, it's stylistic preference. And that was definitely the case in Egypt. And this is a shining example of that fact. Yeah, no, that, I think that's a really important point to bring up because honestly even the way it's sometimes taught in art history courses or in your like art history survey texts ancient art history is kind of taught in a way that makes you think you know it's all this like linear development of like yeah. linear development of art like moving towards a more realistic depiction but that's not really that, what's like happening. peaks at the renaissance but it's not we true can, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, pretty much at all points of art history, you're going to find like a mix of different things. You're going to see, you know, mixes of, yeah, stylized ways of depicting things with like attempts at realism. And that goes all the way back to like cave art. Totally. And it kind of just depends on what's happening in the culture. Otherwise, the art that represents what they value as a culture kind of rises to the top. So in ancient Egypt, they were a little more concerned with just like getting a message across. And that's why they would do a lot of profile and just really descriptive art. Like they just wanted mm -hmm. you to get it. Exactly. And then it took us a really long time to get it. So kind of ironic. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I mean, who knows if we've got it yet, but <laughs> we probably don't. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody has any idea. <laughs> but we are all doing our best. And that's all, right. all that matters. <laughs> um, so back all right. to our scribey boy. <laughs> oh, scribey boy. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about what makes him so realistic. So his eyes really tell the story here. Pretty much every discussion of this work focuses on his eyes. They're made of two different types of stone. The front of the eyes are made of a polished crystal, and then some type of organic material is added to the back to give the eyes their color. And you can kind of imagine this if you've ever looked at like a stuffed animal eye, like that glaze over the top, and it gives it a really kind of lifelike feel. 
There is an indentation carved into both of the stones to represent the pupil, and ultimately the eyes give the statue a sense of alertness and an almost lifelike consciousness, which can create a very profound experience for the viewer. So first off, when I, I was doing research for this, like every source I found just referred to whatever's added to the back to give the eyes color. They just referred mm -hmm. to it as organic material, which is interesting to me because like what organic material? Like what yeah. is this mysterious organic material everyone is talking about? That is even more cryptic than my book talk earlier. It really is like organic material. Like that could be... Anything. Literally anything. <laughs> like, and my witchy mind is like, oh, so it's magic. Like, there's magic in his eyes. <laughs> oh, I was like, there's space in his eyes. <laughs> oh, Which I guess it's kind of, we're all space anyway, but like, I'm thinking like deep space, like something that came from space. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Like a, like a moon rock or something. <laughs> yeah. Real moonstone. Yeah. Or like a men in black. Do you remember how like there was the universe was in that little necklace? The universe was in the cat's necklace in that little ball. <laughs> I, I like where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe there's universes in his eyes is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you know, I like it. I like the idea what? that there are two little universes <laughs> in that seated scribe's eyes and we have looked into them. That's deep. Before we talk about our experience with our little scribey boy, let's go to a quick break. We have returned. That was like the summer break of commercial breaks. <laughs> it was. <laughs> we ran into some technical difficulties. And while to you, that was only a two minute commercial break, that was like a eight hour break for us. <laughs> so we are refreshed. We're, back. we're refreshed. We're back. And we're going to finish talking about the seated scribe. So I think we were at our experience with. Yes, we were going to chat a little bit about our personal experience with our little scribey boy. Our um, scribes a lot. Sir scribes a lot. I like that. <laughs> I don't know why he gets all names, but he does. So the seated scribe can be found at the Louvre in Paris. And right after graduation, we took a Euro trip and me, you and Jen were in Paris mm -hmm. and hit the Louvre. And like the whole trip was crazy. If you want to know how crazy it was, go listen to our Euro babes episode. Mm -hmm. It was a lot. We really packed in as much as possible. And that day was crazy. Like we packed so much into it and like we saw so much art. I don't have a ton of specific memories from the Louvre like there's a few but one memory I do have was the three of us standing around the seated scribe mm -hmm. which was kind of towards the end of our trip to the Louvre we were in the Egyptian wing and I remember like all three of us like looking at it and being like dang like that really is an experience like that's a whole thing he has a presence for sure and also I just like side note if you have not been to the Louvre or you have and you're going to return at some point and you haven't gone to the Egyptian wing, I feel like it's one of the most underrated but like best parts of the Louvre. 
The Egyptian wing is amazing. Like it's super mm-hmm. extensive and really just well put together. And yeah, Seated Scribe is a work that like I know, you know, is always covered in your like basic art history courses. It's in every survey text. It's like a work I learned about, but I never really gave a ton of time or focus to. And it's definitely a work that I think it has a presence. It's a different experience to see it up close and to actually gaze into those those universe eyes. <laughs> For real. It does really like if you sit there with a work and you like look at it, it's very much like having kind of like a human experience. Like it seems like it potentially has some kind of consciousness and like Having that kind of a connection with a likeness of someone that is 5,000 years old, that, my friends, is time travel, you know? Like, that is, like, that can be a very overwhelming experience, I think, if, you know, you're open to it in that way. And I think that's probably what makes this work so moving and like has continued to make this work so important definitely and he yeah and he's just so serene in that fact too like he mm-hmm. looks like he's almost meditating with his eyes open <laughs> yeah for and real it is, like it's a writing position like i know that but for what it's worth in our eyes like 21st century eyes that's kind of a meditative pose Yeah, and he does. He just looks peaceful and kind. Like, it's just, he's got like Mm -hmm. a whole aura, like a whole personality. So yeah, if you're, if you're ever at the Louvre, be sure to check him out for sure. Let's Mm -hmm. see, going back to the position. This ancient Egyptian artifact is also unusual because of its position. The seated scribe is sitting in a relaxed and frontal position directly facing the viewer. This is not a position that we see with a lot of ancient Egyptian artifacts. His frontal position also kind of adds to the confrontational experience of the work. Like, so he's looking right at you. You're looking right at him. You're like, what's up, bro? What's going on? You're like having this very Mm -hmm. personal experience. It is also believed that due to the scribe's hand position that he was holding a brush or writing utensil at one point that is now missing. His cute little belly rolls suggest that he was well-fed, meaning he was well-off and not required to do any physical labor. This makes sense considering scribes were well-respected in ancient Egypt. The scribe was a writer of documents. In ancient Egypt, the skills of writing and reading were highly valued. The ancient Egyptians documented as much as possible, and this included everything from documenting the amount of food available to writing down ancient spells. Very few people were literate in ancient Egypt, and therefore scribes were highly valued. It is likely that this particular scribe was attached to a royal family in some way. In ancient Egypt, statues were considered house souls. They would hold on to the essence of the individual after death. Therefore, statues were often made for those of high status. So the real question, do you think that the soul of this homie is trapped in a statue? <laughs> Oof. I don't know. I'm trying to... (laughs) (laughs) Because, I mean, like, the statues were made... (laughs) Exactly! There's something in there, man! (laughs) There is something Something in that statue! Whether it's two universes, or a soul, (laughs) or many souls. I hope there's more than one soul, at least, so it's not, like, a lonely soul. (laughs) Also, like... Your soul is a universe. The universe, you know, is your soul. Mm. Like it's all, it's all one thing. Fair, fair, like fair. the secrets of the universe are trapped in that statue. <laughs> Let them out. 
Release them. <laughs> oh man. We're gonna instigate some kind of like Louvre heist. <laughs> oh man, Someone's the next gonna... Nicolas Cage movie. Oh right my here. god. <laughs> They're calling it. <laughs> That's so much better than stealing the Declaration of Independence. I'm I'm into it. Also, I just dropped that reference like I've seen any of them and I have not, so <laughs> I should <laughs> cop up to that right now. <laughs> You're just really on top of your pop culture. That's only referentially. Hey, that's all you need to get by, to be honest. <laughs> I am living proof. <laughs> all right. So maybe the soul of our little scribe friend is still in this statue. Maybe not. You know, really depends on what you believe. But it is just an interesting, enigmatic work. And if you have the chance to see it in person, I highly recommend. Do you got anything mm -hmm. else? I think that is all she wrote or all he wrote. Ha ha! <laughs> Low hanging fruit. I'm not even proud. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening to our baby episode. Make sure to check out artandobject.com. Dope resource for art and art history information. We also post our podcasts there. Uh, so yeah, check it out and mm -hmm. be sure to check out our YouTube channel. I've been doing these little creativity chats. I get on there and talk about creativity. It's kind of fun. You might like it. Check it out. They're um, very fun, guys. If you like this, you'll like that. If you, if you like me <laughs> and you like listening to me talk, <laughs> then you'll, this you'll enjoy you. this is for you. Um, <laughs> and then we've also got new stickers up in our store, which are legit. Nat, babe designed those and they're, they're my favorite of the stickers thus far. So definitely me too. check those. We're slowly getting better at everything that we do, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a process. <laughs> Stick with us. <laughs> it's up from here. They're, they're cool stickers. Definitely check out the Art History Babes merchandise at arthistorybabes.com. And of course, our Patreon, where you can get bonus episodes for as low as $1 a month. I think that is all we have for today. And we hope you have a lovely day and a lovely summer. Summer starting. Happy summer. Happy summer, peeps. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> The Art History Babes. And it's, yeah, it's bull****. Oh, sorry, this yeah. is a baby. <laughs>